lift you up There's a chorus of opinions But you know what you love Don't let them tell you no Don't let them talk that shit The only thing they'll give you Is reasons you should quit Don't let them get you down You just stand up tall Sometimes everybody Don't know anything at all All right you are listening to Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. I'm Seth. And I'm Brian. And uh, that was, of course, our uh, the song we, we debuted last time for you, everybody. A little snippet of it. A little, Yeah, it's, that's not the whole song. It isn't. We don't write less than 10-second songs. No. 20-second songs, yes. We should get into jingles. Yeah, a lot of money there. Yep. Yep. Call me Chevrolet. The Like a Rock thing is getting old. <laughs> actually, it never gets old. Anyway. I haven't actually heard that in a while. Do they still use it? Yeah, they still use it every football season. They dust up like a rock, Bob Seger, like he's back <laughs> from the grave. Did anyway. He, did he uh, write that for Chevy, do you think? Or no. No? He did not. That okay. was completely unchevied. It was, they were like, let's, that's a whole other conversation about why I don't like it when classic music, classic rock musicians sell their music, because then it's like, now I can't listen to The Doors without picturing the Kia Sentra or something because uh. they sold Light My Fire to them. And now I'm like, thanks. Ruined Light My Fire for me. Huh. But I don't really care about like a rock. <laughs> got got to me too late. But uh, it is <laughs> it is a magical triple digits here yeah. in Los Angeles. Uh, even down near the ocean, it is still pretty darn warm. My drive over here was warm. Really? Yeah. The 405 was like a scalding bumper to bumper oven plate you've it, it is weird that uh you actually can see the heat waves like in movies uh, like on a desert road where you see the heat waves coming up you can you can actually see that out no. there on the freeways i get mirages <laughs> sometimes i see beautiful women running towards me and just like in slow motion and that kind of thing it's pretty amazing that's actually happening though oh that would explain why the cops pulled me over when i ran that one over well yeah yeah i was gonna say i thought she was a mirage hmm. nope nope that was a real person Dang you it. are a murderer I want to apologize to whoever I ran over. I hope you're all right. Well, she's dead, so. That was a male model that time. Oh. Yeah. You've hit more than one mirage? Well, now that I know they're not mirages, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, <laughs> obviously. But, yes, I've disappeared a mirage or two. <laughs> Fair enough. I have not actually killed anyone, everyone. Just just want to be clear. That was a joke. It was, was a, a bit. Jo- it's a thing we do. It's a bit. <laughs> I don't kill people. Well, at least not talk about it on a podcast. Right, and if I did, I wouldn't talk about it on a podcast. So you know that that because I'm talking about it, I definitely haven't killed anybody because I'm definitely talking. Unless you're the cops and you're listening to this and you know that I would know that you would think that because I'm talking about it, there's no way I'd be this stupid. I am that stupid. I don't know how to read, so obviously <laughs> that's the answer there. So how was your Labor Day? I had a pretty good Labor Day weekend, uh, you know. I I labored not. You labored not? I watched a Dodgers game. They lost. That was sad, but uh, it was a good day, you know. It's all right. I feel like we should probably get this out in the open. It's uh, <sighs> kind of kind of big news broke over Labor Day weekend. I think actually it started on the internet, it and did. Uh, and it has and exploded. It, it exploded. It's mainstream media outlets have been talking about it. Yep. So we might as well cover it. Um, Carrie Underwood is pregnant. My gosh. Yep. Uh, she is. Uh, she is expecting. I believe it's her first child. Oh. Yeah. She's got two dogs, but this is the first human. That's that. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what they should do? What's that? Is uh, 
they should hack her phone and get all the pictures of her giving birth to that child and put them <laughs> online like animals. Nobody would ever do something like no that. No one would do that. That's just, that's you're horrible. right. That's a fantasy world like the Mirages. That is no way that's going to happen. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Something happened. Yeah. So, obviously, the an incredibly large leak of celebrity lady photos was put on the internet. We're going to talk about this. We we decided, just for the record, we're not here for news mostly because we're not qualified yeah, to really talk about most stuff. I don't know stuff. anything about world events, really. But we felt like since this uh, is both involving the internet and also involving celebrities, a lot movies. Of, a lot of actresses in uh, films. We yeah. talk about films. Yeah. And and I feel like, weirdly enough, us being a, a lot of these, the controversy has centered on the fact that a lot of the attitudes which with people have had, the reactions people have had to mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. uh, the word slut-shaming has been thrown around. And I, I'm just not a fan of, of that act ever. Right. Well, especially in this instance, um, I think it's important to say, like, you know, yes, we made a bit of a joke about a, an internet leak when we talked about this, mm. but th this actual event, this happening that, that, that took place, it really, it, it's just, it's, it's not really worth joking about. It's not, yeah. it's not funny as no, much as it's a not. crime, yeah. really. I mean, I want to talk about it in as light-hearted uh, light a manner as we possibly can. Right. But you do. I feel like I'm treading a line here where I'm like, I can't really go off and be like, you know, like that's, because just to get this out of the way right off the bat, it's a crime. They stole these pictures from these poor people, these poor women who are now being just paraded around the internet for everyone's viewing pleasure and against their will. So it's, it's, right. an, it's an, it is not a good, that right there, just boom. Where I think we decided to talk a little bit about is definitely about the reaction on Twitter, particularly because yes. you go on Twitter and you just, it is all over the place on yeah. there. And the variety of reactions is, well, that's always interesting about Twitter. I think I may have even said this before on a different podcast. The variety on Twitter is just, mm -hmm a staggering amount of the human experience all launched at your face all at once. And it's not all bad, but No, no, certainly uh, a lot of good stuff. But there there is quite a bit of bad and unfortunately we're seeing that now. One thing that I that I think is important to to mention, like you called it a, it's a, a leak. These these pictures were leaked, but more so than that, it's a theft. Yes. Cuz it's not a leak in my opinion. That's when when the uh, you know, when the premiere episode or, or script for the episode of Doctor Who gets gets leaked. Right. That's a leak. Yes. Um, these were never intended for public viewing as far as we know. Yeah. And uh, and the fact that they were they were forcibly sought out, taken and then then distributed. I mean, it was it was theft. Mm. And so I think that's why, um, for me at least, the like you said, the slut shaming that's going on. People are uh, are bashing on these on these women for having these these pictures, and it just doesn't fit. It's it's one thing if they want to if they want to put these out, if they want to if they want right. to put out a sex tape or they want to put out a well, a I mean, like uh, a lot of them have uh have done films where they've been naked on film right and so part of me when i heard about it was like really this is a big deal for i mean a it's a big deal for these poor women but but the i can't believe people are flocking like oh my gosh i gotta see this like if you'd like to see some of these actresses if that's like your thing like i gotta see these people naked they've done films where they look very good and intentionally put those films out right. obviously they put it out as a piece of art not as hey check out my my sweet bod right and it's generally they're playing a character right and they're playing a character so 
so I just didn't understand. Like, if if your goal with this whole thing was I need to see this person naked, they they have done that. That they exist. So it, to me, it almost it's a little more like some kind of like gaining power over them. Like, oh, I saw you naked. <laughs> you didn't want me to. <laughs> I have power over you now. I was reading some of the some of the the debates and articles on it because like you said there's a lot of slut shaming out there there are there are some voices of reason on the internet too there are people defending these actresses yeah. but one thing that i read it likened it to rape and in a way i mean it really it's a rape I'd say it's like molestation like rape's a big one for me but definitely like a molestation for sure like these women are being molested visually mm. Against their will. They, they, their bodies are being on display against their will. To me, that's definitely... It's not good. No, no. And, and like you said, it's, it, it literally is nothing more than a power trip. Um, I think my favorite headline out of all of it... Uh, mm. I don't remember what news network this was from or what site or blog. Uh, they put, breaking news, Jennifer Lawrence has two nipples and a vagina. And I thought that was great because I'm like, that's really the only thing you're discovering. Like, that's what makes this so, like, ridiculous is it's like... Like if if your if your purpose was to see Jennifer Lawrence being sexy, she has many films where mm. she perp or for photo shoots where she is dressed in a sexy outfit or or even scantily clad, doing something sexy. Mm-hmm. If so if you need Jennifer Lawrence to be sexy for you, she has done that. There are pictures out there for being sexy. Right. All you've really discovered is that she possesses female anatomy. Right. That's essentially the only if we're if we're looking at. The internet is a source of information, which is ostensibly what it's. You know, this is you gain information, some good, some bad, some random, whatever. Allegedly, the only that's thing what it was created for. Right, allegedly, <laughs> and and in some ways, people still use it for. I mean, whether you use it to find out what happened on Real Housewives last night, or whether you use it to discover a cure for cancer, it is for information and the spread of that information. And all the information I can see that you're gaining off this is Jennifer Lawrence and some other women possess. They are they are female. We have visual confirmation now because there must have been some of us that were like. And oh, that J Law, she looks like it's not a dude. Like somebody <laughs> went and they had to go get that look. At, I don't know. It's just, it just, I think it's definitely comes down to more about that feeling of, of I'm better than you because I'm not naked on the internet. Aha. How dare you? And then the, the shaming occurs yeah. after that. And you're just like, what? It, it's ridiculous. It is, it is the most ridiculous thing. So, in my opinion, and it's not the only, I'm, I'm, I'm partially stealing this from something that, you know, as I was reading some of the, some of the defense articles or blogs or whatever right. people have written about this. Uh, somebody made a really good point. They said, I hope Jennifer Lawrence and any of these other women, I hope that they don't come forward with any form of apology or explanation because they don't have to. There's yeah. none warranted. None. It's uh, like we were talking and um, I kind of said, you know, I all, all of the people that are that, that would sit out there and say, how dare you take naked pictures you know, in your own home? How dare you do this and that? It, right. you know, it's wrong. It's, it's shameful. I, I, I hope that those people, when they jump in the shower in their home, I hope that they're wearing a bathing suit because yeah. how dare they get naked in the privacy of their own home because you never know. Big Brother's out there. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a situation that defies... Well, A, it's, it's just... And I think the... The level of violation on it for so many people, like there's a lot. I mean, the variety of people that they just stole stuff from and posted up on the internet. And I want to point; it's sort of strange to me that they're going after the women, but I have heard that there are men in some of these. They're naked, and nobody's going after them, which is a, a thing to me that I'm like, that's really, like, why? You know, I'm not. I 
particularly, I, I like, by the way, that we've, we have not said the names of any of these women, and I don't think we're going to. I don't want to, because well, I don't want to perpetuate. The one big one. That oh, you're said. right. Sorry, we did say that one. So, Other than the one that's already been all over the Other news. Other than the one that's already all over the news everywhere. I, and I, I don't want to say the names of any of them, but there are men in the pictures. Mm. They're naked. Uh, and and somehow that's just no one has said. Well, look at those guys. Those wow, how filthy they are. You know, like I, I just, I think it's a double standard, and that's yeah. I, I mean, that's that's no news there. That's like, <laughs> and also guys look a little ridiculous naked. I'm sorry. <laughs> naked ladies are much more beautiful. I I enjoy seeing naked ladies when they're consenting to be naked. Yeah, I I actually I I'm glad I'm glad we're not saying names. Um, I hadn't actually heard that there were men associated which just proves your point even more you're not hearing about it yeah it's it's ladies are naked and and tours of babylon and i i think that's it i think it's it's a crime on two levels one the 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 human body is a beautiful thing and Eh. i don't think okay a lot lot of times you know some some like like mine maybe (laughs) or if if hair's your thing you know if bigfoot (laughs) nude is something you desperately need to see it's out I there. can arrange that, um, but like I just I think it 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 teaches. I, I hope there's no kids saying about this, but I guarantee you there's teenagers, and I think it teaches it reinforces stereotypes of them that your body is something to be ashamed of. I mean, obviously your body. If if someone steals your images and plasters them across the internet, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. You should be angry about it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it it sort of it's sort of in a way negatively goes. It it negatively makes it seem like just just the act of shaming these poor women. Who didn't want this? But even if they, even even if they did, saying that they're wrong for taking nude pictures of themselves for their own enjoyment or enjoyment of whoever mm-hmm. was the recep- receiver of these pictures, it makes it seem like the human body something to be ashamed of, which it didn't. I don't. I really don't think it is. No, it, and that's it's something really that I think. I mean, other other civilizations, other countries have some of the same mindset, but really over here in America, we are. We are really hardcore against nudity. I mean, oh, yeah. It's added, I think, to the mystique of the human body, which, I mean, let people be the own, their own judge of if that a good thing or bad thing. Cause sure. Who knows? It's, it's, it's easy to, to make the case that if we weren't across the board so anti-nudity, mm. people wouldn't care about seeing a woman topless. Right. It wouldn't be such a, like, a, oh, my gosh. Right. Society comes grinding to a halt because it appears that people are not wearing clothes under their clothes. Exactly. My God. Um, no, and it, it's it's a really old, like, medieval almost mm-hmm. thing. I, it's it's so, uh, it's not even medieval. I'm pretty sure they were probably more okay with being naked in medieval times. I'll call it, like, a Victorian era or early, like, a, a puritanical thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't understand why that. I mean, and uh, all you have to do is look at, like, movie ratings to understand how much we are absolutely terrified, particularly of the female or male body. Mm. All, I mean, you can, uh, Expendables 3, you can gun down 8 million guys, <laughs> bloodily do all kinds of things, and get yourself a PG-13 rating. But if a boob slips out, you are headed to R-rated territory right there. Yep. God forbid anyone under the age of 18 see a breast. Yep. It just, again, it teaches kids, particularly at a very susceptible age i was very susceptible to 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 the idea of nudity between the ages of 13 i was very interested in the ideas of nudity <laughs> between the ages of 13 and 18 and i think i had this very weird kind of skewed thing about it mm-hmm. uh, because it was treated with so such a oh, oh no 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 you know i mean so that's a little odd for me i i think uh, basically get your pants off america and deal with it 
and I, I do think I, I th- you know I think we should move on from it now. But uh, I, I think I think the main point we're trying to say is you know we can't ignore that it happened. It did. But it, how we how we deal with it? Um, it's I mean literally it's I, I I likened it to rape earlier. Another comparison that I am going to make is there's victim blaming going on. Oh, it's, yeah. You know, the same the same thing. You you know, you hear people throw excuses out about the way a woman was dressed. That people are saying, well, they shouldn't have taken those pictures. No, that's like if you get hit by a drunk driver, somebody should say, well, you shouldn't have been driving at all. Yeah, uh, not exactly. No, it's that's a good excellent metaphor for it right there. Is is yeah. So they are they are not to blame and and uh, and yeah. So moving on to better things, happier things. Happier things, sure. Uh, as as we mentioned, uh, th- th- this past weekend was was Labor Day weekend. At the time of recording, we are we're a little more than twenty four hours away from the NFL. NFL season begins. Dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. Wait, do we have rights to make? Ah, that? dang it. Uh oh. Ah well. Whatever. We're 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 outlaws. We're come rule get breakers. us. Yeah, come. <laughs> Actually, Roger Goodell probably has nothing better to do. Dang it. Uh, don't <laughs> come get us. We're sorry. Yeah. No. Um, Anyway, yes, the NFL season is coming up. Let's say for just a second mm. that the city of Chicago only exists in an alternate timeline and there is no team called the Chicago Bears right now. Who would you pick to be the champion of the season? Who's going to go all the way? Who's going to go all the way in the universe where the Chicago Bears don't exist? Wow, years of depression and disappointment just lifted off me and putting myself in this world. Right. However, there's um, no great, like, Chicago-style pizza is now gone as well. Oh. So is most of our great comedians, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, all those guys are gone. So, I mean, Damn. don't get too excited about this world. Chicago does have good things. After my earlier in our season bashing, <laughs> I bashed Chicago pretty hard. I'm going to be nice to you, Chicago. You gave us a lot of really good stuff. Thanks. Jerk. But you can take Seth back. <laughs> Jerk. So I would say... Again, this is before the season even starts, right. um, so anything can happen ex- except for Jacksonville. But I would say Denver. Denver. They mm. have improved a lot. They grabbed a, a Kib Talib off of uh, the Patriots. He's a pretty decent cornerback, so that's going to help him. Uh, and they really grabbed a new defensive end, too, so that pass rush should be even better. So that, yeah, their defense was really the only suspect thing because their offense seemed to be just fine, except for, you know, one day back in February. <laughs> yeah, the only one that really so well. mattered. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree. That Denver, good pick, good pick. Now, um, other than Denver, if you had to pick somebody else, and I'll even leave your your golden boys on the table in case you want to use them because they're a viable option. Oh, then the Niners are winning. You think so? I think they've do got it. Do you think uh, so, or do you want it to happen? I want it to happen. I think it could happen. They have a great defense, obviously, still. Um, offense has question marks, I think. Uh, Colin Kaepernick really neither needs to – he needs to have the breakout year. It needs to happen. He, he, you know, he came out and it was like, oh wow, he's pretty good actually. Now we need to go from, oh, he's pretty good to he's really good. We need a really good year out of Colin Kaepernick, mm. and I think we we do pretty well. He's got he's got the tools there. He's finally got a healthy Michael Crabtree. So I think the Niners could go all the way. If I'm picking someone not from San Francisco, man, it is it is it is definitely a year in which it's so across the board. I don't know. But I'm afraid of what you might say. They play tomorrow in Seattle. Oh, no, I, I don't think the Packers are going to win it. Thank God. Okay. I don't I don't think the Packers have got the strength to get all the way. I think they're very good. I would actually say the Saints are pretty dangerous this year. Really? I would say the Saints are looking all right. And the Eagles. The Eagles, if that offense kicks into high gear. Okay. The Saints and the Eagles, 
Saints would be I would say this it'll be the Saints for sh- I think will be in the Super Bowl because they've just Drew Brees is just too good and it's it's a quarterback's league it's a throwing league and if you've got a guy who can throw the ball like nobody's business I got to say you're probably going to be in the postseason at least Now what are your what are your predictions as far as surprises whether it's somebody that we're expecting to be a team or a person that we're expecting to be amazing that you think is going to fall short or are there any underdogs out there any dark horses that you see coming around the corner here i and this is going to make you sad i think tampa bay is going to be a bit of a dark horse <laughs> i i think they are in a division with the saints uh the falcons could be better but for some reason they just seem to disappoint people it's mm-hmm. like somehow some stank from chicago slipped south and went to atlanta and now they every year it's like hey we're gonna uh, you know what never mind uh so i think they could give a good run uh i think the tampa bay buccaneers could surprise some people this year lovey smith former coach of chicago Mm -hmm. he's due to win a super bowl i'm sure now that the now that he's not coaching the bears he'll win a super bowl probably probably just to spite you because i know it'll happen and you'll cry and it'll be sad is there anybody that you think is overvalued right now i'll say this and this isn't just because i'm a niners fan i think the seahawks are a little too people are a little too high on the seahawks I think uh, their defense is still a, the best defense in the league, which will probably get them into the playoffs. Mm. But a repeat's going to be hard because I just, I just don't think that the offense. I just got this feeling that Marshawn Lynch isn't going to have as good. He's not going to have a terrible year, but he's not going to have as good of a year as he did last year. I think Russell Wilson's a good quarterback, but he's got Percy Harvin to throw to. There's some other decent guys on the team, but I think losing Golden Tate was a was actually going to hurt them a lot more than they think. What people think. Mm. Golden Tate's in Detroit now. Uh, I think Detroit's got a great offense. If they if they're, if they're if they can finally stop letting people throw all over the field on them, yeah, they might be able to have a pretty good season because their offense is really good. Um, so there you go. There's two two sleepers. I think Detroit might do well. You make a good point with Detroit and also Green Bay, and and I I I think you'll agree with me at least that Chicago is going to be better than people think this year. Yes. As a football fan, it's a great division, the NFC North. It is. A lot, a lot of history there. That's the thing I like about NFC North the most. A lot of history. Like, you can mm-hmm. go back to the tw- 20s, 30s, long before when dinosaurs roamed the earth. <laughs> back then. In the speakeasies. Newt Rockney was the coach of the Fighting Irish. You know, like, yeah. No, it's. So, it, yeah, I think it's cool because there's a lot of history, and they always field great teams. Or yeah. good teams. Interesting teams. <laughs> Interesting, for sure. It'll at least be entertaining. It always will be. I do think the Bears are going to be better. I think Matt Forte is going to have a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Jeffries and uh, and Marshall are going to be a heck of a receiving combo. And if Jay Cutler can stay healthy, I think have a pretty good year. Speaking of uh, quarterbacks staying healthy, uh, Sam Bradford. Ouch. Yeah, <laughs> the Rams lost their uh, their starting quarterback. Do they have any shot at anything this year, in your opinion? I mean, they could surprise people when you're in a division like the NFC West where you got to go against really good defenses. You kind of got it. That's why Colin Kaepernick has got to go from being a pretty good quarterback to a really great quarterback is because he's in there. Like, everybody in that division has a good defense. Mm-hmm. Even the Rams have a pretty darn good defense, and the Cardinals have a good defense. And I just think that uh, without Sam Bradford, I mean, who's there? Uh, you know, I just don't think that. I mean, maybe. Hey, you never know. Tom Brady was a backup for a long time too, and now he's. That's true. So maybe and this is so the was year. Rogers. Yeah, Rogers. Maybe this is the year that boom! All of a sudden, out of nowhere, somebody on the depth chart of the St. Louis Rams becomes the next Tom Brady. But that, if that's your hope, <laughs> I'm not making that bet. Speaking of the Rams, they did release uh, Michael Sam. They he's yep. on the free agency now, and at, at least at, at the point of of us talking right now, recording this. 
Nobody's picked him up yet, right? He is unpicked up. He is sitting out there waiting for someone to make a really good decision and pick him up. Based on solely a football thing, he had a pretty he had a great preseason. I mean, mm-hmm. two point five sacks. That's to give you a stat. Every uh, there's twelve players. I think they said I was reading an article on this. There's twelve players that have two point five sacks. Mm-hmm. Out of those twelve players, uh, ten of them are on NFL squads. One of them is on a practice squad, and one of them is unsigned. Mm-hmm. Guess which one is unsigned? Mr. Michael Sam. Michael Sam. So you kind of got to ask, like, really? Like, he had a good preseason. He looked great. I think he handled himself incredibly well in front of the media circus. Oh, yeah. All all he's ever talked about is, look, I want this to be about the fact that I play football. And, yeah, I'm gay, but I play football, and I play football well, and I deserve a shot. That's what he's talking about. And that's, to me, he's been great. So nothing that he's done has made me think he shouldn't be on an NFL team. The, I got to say, this is a defining moment for the NFL. I think when they may get—I mean, I hate to—I'll I'll go bold here. They may get outed as being a little homophobic. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, somebody, somebody in that league is gonna—you know—should swoop in and grab him because he's a good player. Yeah. Um, you made a, you made a good point that you know because because it is it is easy to jump on St. Louis and say, you know, he's a good player. You clearly let him go just because he's gay. Um, but there's there's two arguments I've heard, one from you and then one from the media. You brought up the point that St. Louis does have a good defense, so it could be that yes, he's good, but he was just he well, wasn't good enough. Well, he plays he plays defensive end, right? Um, and that is a, a position with which the Rams already have a starter and a backup, mm-hmm. and so you're at looking at him being like third string here, right? So I mean, and they just didn't they they made a, an executive decision. We don't need three defensive ends mm. at that position, so they they let him go. As far as the Rams, I think the Rams. Their reason for letting him go that they gave was legit to me. Like, hey, we already have a bunch of people that are better than him at this position. Mm. We don't need him. Right. And the other thing that 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 uh, the speculation that was out there was that he was more of a distraction, or, or at least his the, the 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 media the media tornado that followed him. Right. Was more of a distraction than the team needed. My thought on it is, you just lost your starting quarterback. You don't. I mean, maybe yes. In the in the off season, you know, it was a distraction. I don't see as soon as soon as we actually as soon as the games start to matter, I don't see it being as much of a distraction. The media is going to have plenty else to talk about. Sure. So for me, it just feels like it was a, I don't know. It's just such a question mark to me. It was it, obviously they're going to catch some some bad PR yeah. for releasing him. Some people say they only ever signed him in the first place for the good PR, which makes no sense to then drop him and negate it yeah. all. But yeah, I just I don't get. The distraction thing doesn't fly with me because a it does not going to be a distraction in the regular season and b what exactly they're distracting you from you're n- you're not you're not exactly lined up to have a stellar year right now why drop such a good player right. well and th- I think the the reason I a lot of sources have been quoting that uh, a lot of GMs around the league have said we don't want to pick him up because of the media circus that comes with him mm-hmm. and I think that's the biggest load of BS I've ever heard because the Browns had no problem drafting Johnny Manziel number in the first round right that's a media circus you knew we're in you knew you were in for that mm-hmm. people didn't have it the Jets had no problem signing Tim Tebow and getting him that's a media circus anywhere he goes so yep. the idea that you're not picking up Michael Sam because of the media circus is just not it's not true I mean it, it you don't mind a media circus if you're an NFL team. You're used to it. Right. What you mind is, I think, the fact that he's gay. Right. You hit the nail on the head. You said, you know, that the NFL is pretty much opening themselves up to proving what everybody has been saying for a while. Yeah. That they're homophobic. 
Yeah. I hope they prove us wrong. It'd be awesome if they do. Um, also, hey, as long as they're listening to us, let's bring back tackling, guys. I'd be all right with that. You know? Quarterbacks are not glassware. They it's are true. quarterbacks. It's true. What's actually interesting is Michael Sam hasn't really made any comments about the situation. I, I think he made the one comment about how it, it was. It was actually it was very respectful. It was I mean basically saying you know it's a it's a time for growth. You know he he's it's a it was an experience he's going to learn from and grow from and and he, you know he's hoped that he's made some some good strides. An interesting thing that I heard uh, the other day though the WWE as we've talked about has their oh boy. their finger on the pulse you know they're they they already run Hollywood we've discussed that I heard about this and I, and I'll be honest anybody that doesn't see it as purely a ratings ploy because they their Monday night show Monday night raw is going to now start going against Monday night football again but on this coming Monday they've issued apparently they've issued an uh, an invitation to Michael Sam to appear live on raw I they they might be in St. Louis or something. I don't I don't know where they're where they're going to be broadcasting out of right. on Monday. But they've invited Michael Sam to actually appear on their wrestling program and and promised him it's a live program and promised him an open mic, so an open forum for him to speak his mind about what's going on here in the NFL. One can only imagine what will happen if that occurs. I doubt he'll. I doubt he'll take the invitation. But I. Just I wouldn't if I was him. <laughs> no, no. But I. I definitely. I. I Based wholly on the fact that whatever you say there is going to be diminished by the fact that you said it next to a guy dressed as a leprechaun named Hornswoggle, <laughs> who I'm going to try and bring up at least once every podcast. Well. Oh. Man, the trailer for that movie came out. It did. It, it did. did, and it looks terrible. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. It looks so bad. Oh, yeah. I, I say we watch it and just make a drinking game out of sure. it. Sure. Why not? Sounds fun. Um, we touched on this a little bit when uh, when Chuck was with us a couple episodes back. With the start of the NFL season, we've got the drafts out of the way. Yep. It's getting. We're ready to get down to the nitty-gritty. It's time for fantasy football, where the real men play. Oh my god! <laughs> the the slightly overweight, hairy, Sasquatch-looking guys sit behind their computer all day and go, "Should I start Julio Jones or AJ Green this week? <laughs> I need more Cheetos to make this decision." You want to talk about slut shaming? That's I think that's maybe that's where we birthed it. Is I've never seen so so many people shift between loving and hating somebody as fantasy football. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I got Drew Brees. All of a sudden he throws, you know, two picks that the next game you're like, stupid Drew Brees, cost me my season, man. I hate you. You ruined yeah. it. It's yeah, your no, fault. It's true. It's true. It, it definitely is a, an opening into the male id of how quickly we're like, oh, I don't like this thing. It must be terrible. <laughs> I don't like naked girls. I'm angry at them. I got to tell them how bad they are. Like it's 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 ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, but uh are you are you ready for the magic that is fantasy football season? You feel good about your teams this year? Uh, I feel g- <laughs> I feel really good about one of them, our our all star one. That's uh, kind of like the monsters from Space sure. Jam. Sure. For those of you that don't know, Brian and I uh, take part in a couple different fantasy leagues together, and uh, we've actually got we got the the keeper league that you mentioned before. You made the uh, you had the brainchild pick of uh, Hernandez, the murderer. Yeah. But our standard just just year-to-year non-keeper league we've built it up it's the biggest we've ever had it it's 14 teams a lot of teams and uh and and i do i do like my football um and uh and i don't i don't ever pretend to know nearly as much uh as far as the details and stats and and history as you do but i I know some stuff and i know some names but Mm. i will say by the end of that draft like the last three or four rounds 
I I might as well have been picking names out of some sort of high school yearbook because I <laughs> didn't know who the hell any of these people were. We have there's we got it got thin. Yeah. Well, my brother who plays in our league uh, actually picks based solely on which names sound like wizards. He does. So uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> his strategy towards the end of that draft was just as valid as most. <laughs> I, I do say I like the fourteen team league because uh, it it forced me to be way more creative towards the end of the draft. I'm like man. I really can't mess up that first pick, or I am going to be in trouble. Yep. So I, I think I think it's very cool to have that, but I am glad we have the other league where there's like ten teams, and it's a little little more normal there, the keeper league. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I'm excited because I have a variety of leagues this year. I have many different leagues I'm in. I'm in a total of four, which is my limit. If I get over four, it just gets crazy. Right. It gets I. I I disappear and it's not good <laughs> because it is it's all about the stats and if there's one thing for some ridiculous reason I hate math but I love stats mm. of any sport really it's sad like I can quote you Clayton Kershaw's current earned run average but I can't tell you what equals pie deliciousness deliciousness equals pie. yeah I was gonna say yummy uh, clearly lemon meringue equals yeah. pie so yeah, um, so I mean, I always like fantasy football season. So bring on fantasy football season! I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. Not just fantasy football. You know, we also we also do have our our, our weekly pick'em pool. Yes, that actually has also grown to uh, to a larger size than we've had in quite some time. But we're up to uh, just under twenty pl- uh, players in that one right now. Nice. So that'll be that'll be a good competition. Um, I've been running that for what four, four five many six years. years. It's, it's been a while. Half a decade at least. At least half a decade. And it, I think it, it's cool because, like, fantasy football, and uh, for those of you that don't care much about football, I am a fan of football, but it is by no means my favorite sport. I'm a bigger basketball fan. I'm a bigger soccer fan. I'm a bigger baseball fan. B- but football, for me, is always enhanced every year, much more since fantasy football and the, the pick and pull. It always makes Sunday a lot more exciting to watch the game. I mean, before I was like, oh, it's football. This is all right. This is fine. You know, but mostly, oh, there's wings. Sweet. I'm going to stuff my face. <laughs> awesome. Um, and now I'm a little bit more like, oh, cool. Oh, my guy just scored a touchdown. That's awesome. And I'm still enjoying this. And the 49ers won. Yay. So, you know, it, it just makes them, uh, the game. It enhances football. For those of you who are, like, on the line, like, I kind of like football, try joining a pick and pool or doing fantasy football. I think you'll really finally just kind of be like, okay, football's awesome. So Yeah. I, I, will, I will caution our listening audience that is not familiar with it personally just like it can enhance it positively it can enhance it negatively because there are also days especially if you're a bears fan where your team will lose your your real life team the bears will lose your starting quarterback on your fantasy team will go down with a Mm. massive injury and every pick you made in the pool will be wrong so it's like having your chicago pizza pie of sadness get double dished with even more sadness i was you know i was hopeful because you you actually you you said a positive thing or two about chicago earlier i was i was hopeful that the van that was, was gone but yep. nope uh. nope back to back to back to j- just bears hate really <laughs> you know what i'm just gonna take a slam out here we're, we're talking about sports uh, as long as before we move on to other things another banner year for the cubs great job guys good work chicago nice work chicago cubs you you are consistently always the same i love you chicago cubs I, I feel like I should defend them, but I can't. No one defends the Chicago. Nobody defends the Chicago, even the Chicago Cubs. Cubs. I'm pretty sure their their like their clubhouse meetings are. Hey guys, so we're gonna try and lose by fewer points than we did yesterday. <laughs> and if we don't, you know, whatever. Beer's still on me. All right, let's go. Like that's pretty much how they, they take the field. Yeah. Um. So yeah, 
There we go. Had to slam the Chicago Cubs before the baseball season was over. I've I've always said I cannot watch baseball on TV. It's just boring as hell. But I do love being at the stadium. There's some, there's a different feel to it. There's there's again I go back to the history and magic of a sport for the for people that hate sports. See it live. You see it live. It kind of it helps. It, mm-hmm. it enhances because you're in like. For example, I love Dodger Stadium. I like to go there. And a lot of people I know dislike Dodger Stadium because it is old. It was built in 1955, and they have not improved a lot since then. No. But I love it for that. Like, the drinking fountains look like something that they, they, I swear those are the same drinking fountains in 1955. But I just think there's something cool and connected to the history of not just the sport of baseball, but the history of America mm. through that. I think you really connect with past generations. You know, like like my grandpa was a Dodgers fan back when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers. And my dad wound up being a Giants fan, weirdly. I don't know, uh, because maybe they moved to the West Coast, I guess. Uh, So then, anyway, he became a Giants fan, and then I came back, I'm a Dodgers fan. But it's like the history of my family is in this sport and in part of Dodger Stadium. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. And you've gone to a few games. I I, I Actually, I got to take you to your first Major League game, didn't I? You did, you did. I had not. I it was two years ago. Yeah, two yep. years ago, we went to. Uh, you got those tickets, and we went and watched a Dodgers game at Dodger Stadium. And I kind of, like, the music played, and I fell in love with uh, Dodger Stadium. Not you, just Dodger Stadium. Oh. I do want to just, as a Chicago fan, and you've taken your pot shots. I want to ask, how many Dodger games have you gone to live? This year, six. And how many of those have they won? Two. Hmm. Yeah, the Cubs did awful this year. It's your fault the Cubs are bad. You know that, don't you? <laughs> yes, I had time to and go. Spa- time and space altered, and that's why they haven't won since the Ottoman Empire was a thing. <laughs> See, that's another nice part about baseball history, kids, is you can it, you can always tell a Cubs fan, so remember before World War One, that time you won a World Series? <laughs> so, anyway. Something else happens every summer, not just baseball and mm-hmm. Cubs losing. We get to enjoy and look forward to a, a wealth of amazing summer blockbuster movies. Um, we've talked about. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic right now or whether you actually. Well, no, it, like it, every every year it's summertime. That is something you get to look forward to. There, there are a lot of really big movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, the reason you probably can't tell if I'm being sarcastic is because this year, not so much. They didn't do so hot. Yeah, it is on record as the worst box office for summer since I, I forget what you nine, uh, 14 years oh wow it is a 14 year low I, I like that you just proved your your earlier I tried about to do math. Some math. Yeah. <laughs> you were like you, you even knew the number to use and you're like ah, fuck it i'm not trying when you listen we're, to the podcast wait, you'll probably I'm hear sorry. the fuse blow how, in my brain how many years 14 and it's 2014 right now and you couldn't do that math nope <laughs> all right is that 1998 is that when that would have yes, been or 2004 it, Anyway, I don't know. there's fours involved. <laughs> there must have been 2004. So yeah, the worst box office year since 2004. But anyway, so a historically bad <laughs> year for for summer blockbusters. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy made a lot of money. X Men made a lot of money. Uh, Everything Captain, else. Captain Two. Captain Two, but a lot of people haven't counted that because it came out in April. Oh. Though right. even if you do count Captain, it's still a bad summer. Right. So right. I mean, I think I would lay. A lot of people are laying it down at. A lot of people are saying. Oh, it's because there weren't more franchise movies. You know, there wasn't like a sequel or something coming out. Mm-hmm. And other than, you know, Captain America and I guess X-Men was kind of a sequel. But I would say yeah, a little it, bit. the movies were just bad, really. There just weren't any movies that really made like I, I'm i a review guy. Like I watch the reviews. I see what because I figure 
these people that write the reviews, all they do with their life is watch movies. So they got to know what a good movie looks like, right? So I kind of I don't I don't rule everything by the reviews. They hated Rookie of the Year back in the 90s and that movie is Bastards. a classic. I don't About care what they the say. Cubs. Exactly. It's probably why it's the most fantastical fantasy movie ever made. It's amazing. <laughs> That should be what the Cubs do. They need to start like that. At this point, could they start doing like that? Child like, labor? Just signing like 14-year-olds that have broken their arms and the chance that maybe they'll come you back know what? and be You amazing. don't want to bring something like that up in a, in a city like Chicago because they'll just start breaking the arms of 14-year-old That's kids. That's probably true. Hoping to find don't do next. that, Chicago. Rookie of the Year is a great movie. You should watch it. Um, anyway, <laughs> so so I don't always listen to the critics. They Sometimes they're wrong. But like if you look at the average for movies this summer like they were largely critically and then you look at even user reviews like people that just your everyday joe that went to the movie and reviewed it on like amazon or yelp or or not yelp or like rotten tomatoes or something or Mm. or some user site metacritic yeah they were all bad reviews people did not like the movies that came out and i don't think it was because they didn't have an established property i just think the movies weren't very good yeah like i I did not. I, every weekend, I'd look and see, oh, what's coming out, and I'd be like, nope, don't care. Yeah, and I actually, um, I did care a little bit because again, I we established this when it comes to that type of movie, the summer blockbuster, especially the comic book movie. It's my thing. It, I give it a wide berth as far as what rules it needs to follow, sure, and quality standards. And I will say, I made I made a list. I think of ten movies just this summer alone that I wanted to make sure I went and saw, and I got mm-hmm. to all but two. But yeah, unfortunately, um, I mean, Guardians obviously held up. Yeah, Guardians was great. <sighs> I yeah. thought the X Men movie X- was pretty the good. The X Men one was good. I did like that. But yeah, beyond that, I mean, I, I was, I found myself being more proud of the just the volume of movies that I got to see, as opposed to, man, I'm glad I experienced that one in a theater. Yeah. But life is cyclical. As we leave the summer movie season. It leads us directly into your favorite movie season, I know. Yeah. And that, of course, is foreign documentaries. No, it's no. Oscar season. Oh, uh, right, Oscar season. The season when when Hollywood has been keeping back. It's like it's like all summer long they've been putting out the this is the whatever wine. Like, hey, we got this wine bottle. Let's put it out there. Bagged wine for everybody. Go get them. It's fine. <laughs> now. But let's save the really good vintage stuff for the end of the year before we open it. And it is that season, folks. Oscar season. Oscar season. So they just recently, the Venice Film Festival was pretty recent, and the Telluride Film Festival in, in Colorado mm-hmm. was recent. Yes. Uh, the Venice one is in Venice, Italy. That's where it is, I right? I thought it was Venice Beach. Right? Nope. Venice, Italy. Um, I don't know why they'd have one. It's, I don't know. Are Italians into movies, I, I guess? Mm, it's crazy. No. Anyway, uh, so they had those, and at each one, um, there were two different films that got immense. They only had two films at each festival? They had just two. Yeah, that's how they roll. Uh, and of these two films, they they got an an incredible amount of attention. The first one out of Telluride just last week, Birdman. Oh yeah, yeah. With Michael Keaton, Batman himself. Tell me it was good. Oh man, he's people are saying he's gonna get the Oscar. He's at least gonna get a nomination. He probably deserves to win. He plays a old washed up movie star who used to play a superhero. Right. And he's trying to revive his career playing a theatrical version of said superhero on mm-hmm. Broadway. Uh, it, supposedly, it's really sad and really funny at the same time. I had heard about this months ago, and I, I honestly, I thought it was going to be one of those campy, just outside of the summer blockbuster. Right. It, it sounds like a direct-to-video movie, right. honestly. Right. Uh, but no, Michael Keaton is apparently amazing in it. Uh, it's written by Alejandro Gonzalez Enrique, who did uh, the movie Babel. For anybody that remembers that from a few years ago, really good movie about uh, how view. we're all connected around the world through events 
it's not about that. Um, but he wrote this and, and directed it, and it just got people just came out of it going like that was the only thing people talked about coming away from Telluride was holy cow, Michael Keaton has given the performance of his life in Birdman, and he's got to get an Oscar for this. So good, good for him. That's the that's obviously the lead one they're looking for, lead actor, maybe even in for best picture, Birdman. We'll see. Again, I have not seen it. I want to say that all of these movies I'm about to talk about, I have almost not seen all of them. So. Now, is that one is that hasn't been released theatrically worldwide? No, yet. no, not yet. Uh, you'd have to look up the release dates. I terrible. I'm, I'm a terrible podcaster. I did not even look up the release dates for these films. <laughs> As we get close to them, I will mention them again. Oh, believe me. Get oh. ready to hear about Oscar season for the rest of the year. It won't always be long, but I will be giving updates on as these films approach and open. Oh yeah, if you if you guys think that you hear too much about Chicago from me, <laughs> oh the Oscars, uh, oh Oscars, you're in for quite a Oscar quite a winter, time. folks. So Venice Film Festival, the big story was the movie called Foxcatcher, which you're gonna you're you're gonna kind of be a little amazed at who they're talking about for best actor, or they they're trying to figure out whether he'd be best actor, best supporting actor. Steve Carell. Wow. Steve Carell. I, now, the preview for Foxcatcher is up online, and you can see it. And I got to be honest, I didn't know it was Steve Carell for the first little bit. And the Academy does love those types of movies where you can't even recognize the person. So it's very impressive. It's based on a true story about a guy, a millionaire, who got involved with the U.S. wrestling team uh, and eventually committed an act so heinous and horrible I don't want to spoil it. Watch the trailer. It's, it looks like a, a really impressive film. Bennett Miller directed it. He directed the movie Capote that Philip Seymour Hoffman won for a while ago. Also a surprise, Channing Tatum is in it as one of the wrestlers, and he is supposedly really good in it as well. There's even talk he might get nominated. He's actually one of those that I I feel like that's actually something that he should get that he I was always thinking he never would based off his looks. You know, a lot of people right. get judged against their looks in a negative way because they don't necessarily look great. He is one of those Hollywood actors that everybody thinks is so good looking. I think that his right. talent is sometimes overshadowed by that because he's he's actually everything I've ever seen him in. He's he's a talented actor. It's just it's so easy to go. Oh, he's a pretty face to, to find a bad Channing Tatum film. You have to go back to She's the Man. An Amanda Bynes film. <laughs> Even that wasn't terrible. Like there, are the, in that, in there's that, nice moments. In that genre of film, there are worse examples. And he particularly just drew the most uninteresting role of hunky guy that stares at Amanda Bynes. Right. Like uh, I mean, there's some nice bits, and you can clearly see there's some shadow of some talent there. But he just doesn't have much of an opportunity. It wasn't really until Twenty One Jump Street when I was like, okay, so he's more than just a pretty face. He knows his way around comedy. Supposedly, Fox Catcher is the movie that's going to show us. Well, actually, Magic Mike. I thought he had a lot of. Uh, for a movie about male strippers, there was a lot of pathos. Like you felt that he made you really connect with this character that I thought I have nothing in common with this guy. But anyway, he's got great news for Foxcatcher for that. The other one up that's getting a lot of noise is Boyhood, uh, which is a crazy... So Richard Linklater is this really great director. He's been around for quite a few years now. Uh, He did a film that started filming in 2002, I believe. I'm going to help you. That was 12 years ago. Okay, 12 years ago. And wrapped in 2013. That was last that, year, that one w- year ago. You did? Yeah. You're going to learn in my math. They started filming for this uh, film when the main character was five years old. The actor playing the main character was five years old. They wrapped it. He's 18 now, and they wrapped the film in 2013. It is literally a, f- a film that shows his boyhood from... They, they would get together every year for like two weeks and film scenes for this film as he's growing up. And so he grows up in real time. It's the same actor. 
was it a, is it a scripted like they 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 met up every year and and performed scenes or was it was it more of like a like a, like a Truman show world where it was they were watching him in his real life uh no it's it's more of i guess vignettes every year they'd get together and film vignettes about what was going on in his life at that point so each year is sort of presented in like different i want to call them sketches because they're not sketches but the each year has like a contained story a short story in it and then it moves on and some of them are very short because obviously if you did you know 20 minutes for each year you'd have an incredibly long film right but some years take more like bigger bigger moments but it's about how he shaped from being a, a boy into i guess a man i guess you can call yourself a man at 18 i can barely call myself a man at, at the age i'm at but uh, but i mean my question though is does it come across as a documentary is this is this really oh. the boy's life or was it an actor that is aging properly through the time frame but everything that they were doing was scripted. Right. No, it is scripted. It is not a documentary. Okay. Uh, Ethan Hawke plays his dad throughout the course of the film. And all these, uh, um, uh, the filmmaker's daughter plays a girl that's in it. Uh, I mean, all the actors stuck with it. Uh, and interestingly enough, due to SAG-AFTRA, they could not sign any contracts with anyone for 12 years. They had to sign them for only seven is the max you're allowed to sign a contract for. So they had to sign them and hope to God that at the seven-year mark, everyone was going to come back. I was actually, right before you said that, I was just going to say they must have had some crazy-ass contracts in place. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, it was definitely bizarre. Um, but anyway, it's very interesting. Supposedly, it's at a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, and all the user reviews are like, I think it's at a 98% on user reviews. So... If you're looking for a movie that's almost sure to be good, I think that's got to be it right there. So. I have heard good things. And that one actually, that I believe that is out and watchable right now. It's in theaters. It's, yeah. it's expanding across the nation right now. I know it's available in like bigger cities like L.A. and Portland, but mm. I think it's making its way out. And look hopefully, at you, Look at you adding Portland to the list. I give Portland <laughs> some love. Got to love Portland. You know, I bet um, it's in Chicago, too. It probably is in Chicago, and no one's going to it. They're busy watching the Cubs lose. I hate you. Burn. <laughs> I'm done with the Cubs hate for the day. Uh my favorite film of the year right now. If, if the year was over and I was to pick a film and this is a film that's being talked about as, as a for sure Oscar nomination for Best Picture. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Absolutely not. I haven't seen it and I, oh. I never will. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, oh, Wes Anderson's yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. It's the best Wes Anderson film he's ever made. It's the best movie of the year so far. I would say I even liked it more than Guardians of the Galaxy. And you should, if you haven't seen it, it's available on DVD. You can get it out of Red Boxes. It's probably not on Netflix yet, but hopefully soon. But yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel, totally worth your time. And just to prove to you that I'm not all about the fine wine films, there are a lot of Oscar favorites that involve quite a bit of action. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not based on comic books, mm -hmm. but they, they, they could be. Uh, Chris Nolan's film, Interstellar, is coming out in November. I'm going to talk a lot more about that in November <laughs> when it comes yes. up. But just got to mention, it's totally being touted as a front runner for a lot of things. Might win Matthew McConaughey another Oscar. All uh, right, all right, all right. Uh, it'd be fun. I'd love to hear that. And the last film, I just saw the trailer for this. Fury, Brad Pitt's new movie, looks really cool. It's about a group of uh, guys in a tank in World War II. It's directed by the guy that did Training Day. It looks amazing. And weirdly enough, Shia LaBeouf plays a supporting role. And I got to say, he looks in the trailer. Mm -hmm. His bits look really good. I actually, I remember seeing this trailer. I don't, I think... It wouldn't have been Turtles. I don't know what it, what which movie it was this year, or maybe Edge of Tomorrow. I think it was before Edge of Tomorrow. Might have been for that, yeah. But I remember seeing that, and I actually I, I wasn't sure until his name came up on the screen at the end. Like it, it almost doesn't look like him. Yeah, he looks very different. He looks less like a douchebag. That's really <laughs> helping him a lot. Not being a douchebag could really go far for you. If I had a bit of career advice to Shia LaBeouf, it'd be like, hey, stop being do a that. Douchebag. Yeah, stop being a douchebag and do some acting because you're you seem to be pretty good at acting. Just stop acting like a douchebag. 
And that's my little wrap up for Oscar season. Trust me, there'll be entire hour long podcast devoted to this. Oh yeah, no, we're I mean maybe we're, not whole. We're gonna do we're well we're definitely gonna do an Oscar podcast for sure. Oh yeah, and once the nominees are out, right, we'll probably cover that. Oh, endlessly we will begin to cover the nominees. And honestly, anytime that anything remotely could be related to Oscars, Brian is gonna take it and run. If, if a man named Oscar walks by uh, <laughs> on my way at home, I drive by a guy named Oscar. I'm gonna be like, hey. What do you think? <laughs> Who do you think is the best picture of the year, Oscar? So uh, Oscar season is about to be upon us. It's not here yet, but there is an Aww. award season that... <laughs> calm down, Brian. It'll be okay. There is, an awards, <laughs> there is an award season that has just... The nominees were just announced today, and that is the, the CMAs, the Country Music Awards. Yep. And so... Uh, I thought it might be fun to take a look at the list of nominees and uh, and maybe uh, let's make some predictions. I say yes. Yes? Okay, let's I'm throw it a out. I am actually a country music fan, though. Recent country music has not left me as... Uh, I, I remember happier times in the 90s for country music. I'm a Garth Brooks <laughs> fan, born and bred. Uh, so these kids these wait, days... Wait, wait. Did you say you were born inbred? It sounded like I said that, but I said born and bred. Oh, gotcha. And not inbred. Gotcha. But boy, when you're talking about the CMAs, you really don't want to make that comment. You gotta be careful when you go to country music. That's true. You don't want to say that out loud. Um, so I was not born inbred. Oh. I was born and bred a Garth Brooks fan. Nice. So yes. Uh, did you hear? Uh, did you hear? He actually. We talked about the fact that he's gonna be touring again. He's and he's uh, releasing a new album this fall. He just actually earlier this morning released his first single off the album. And I'm such a huge Garth Brooks fan that I have not listened to it yet. I have to prepare myself. <laughs> I have to go out and find a field of gold and sit in that field. And then I have to get out my 10-gallon hat and get two of a kind working on a full house <laughs> and lay the lyrics out in front of me and sacrifice <laughs> uh, some thunder to the great name of Garth Brooks. I would recommend, because I have heard it, uh, it's called People Loving People. Uh, I would recommend instead of Two uh, two of a Kind uh, or Three of a Kind or whatever the heck that song was. Um, two of a Kind working on a full house. Gosh, it wouldn't make sense if it was three. There's a Three of a Kind in a full house. Yeah, but the song wouldn't make sense. <laughs> if it w I mean, you, you, I guess it could if you have a Mormon thing going on there, you're like uh, some sort of polygamy thing going on. Uh, Monage a toi. Sure, that could be a three of a kind working on a full house. Why not? Somewhere in Arkansas. I actually, yeah, I like the idea of three of a kind working on a full house being a theme song for like Big Love or or, or some sort of. Uh, Except the song is called Two of a Kind. We rewrite it, man. Yes. Hey, Garth, would you mind rewriting this <laughs> no, for no, our we, show about polygamous Mormons? We rewrite it. Oh, we rewrite yes. it. Yes. Because there's more shows about polygamy coming out that we totally need to <laughs> provide the theme song for. Anyway. Um, instead of two of a kind working on a full house, you might, I would say, listen to, uh, we shall be free. It's going to get you more in the mindset because it feels like another one of more those. What, more of that type. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But he's obviously not up for a CMA this year. Next year when he sweeps it with his amazing new album. Right. But this year we're still stuck with juniors and kids and God knows who coming out. So yeah. hit me with these nominees. These are in no particular order other than as they're listed here. Album of the Year. We'll start big. We'll start there. Yep. Album of the Year. So Album of the Year is uh, the nominees are Luke Bryan for Crash My Party, Keith Urban for Fuse, Miranda Lambert for Platinum, Dirks Bentley for Riser, and Eric Church for The Outsiders. Who do you think there? 
Well, I like Eric Church because I like his voice, and okay. I just kind of dig his songwriting skill. His song Springsteen's amazing. If you haven't heard it, it is good. Dig Springsteen. Um, but this year, I gotta say, I don't care for most of his songs, but Luke Bryan will probably win it because he had kind of the biggest album. So I think it'll be him. I think it's a safe guess. I'm gonna say an equally safe guess, and for me, this is my favorite, and I hope it happens. Uh, Miranda Lambert, platinum. Platinum. Just based purely off of, as far as a songwriter. Because uh, we've we've kind of discussed this that that Luke Bryan kind of he almost fits into that bro country mold too much. Yes. And so I'm not. I know you're not either. We're not big fans of bro country, and uh, and I I like Miranda's songwriting. So it, she is a talented songwriter. I will give her that. And yeah. uh, I, I think a lot. There's actually quite a few. Weirdly enough, it's like there's bro country, and there's a lot of really strong female country singers coming out right now mm-hmm. which i'm i think is great and awesome and it's just it's interesting to me that there is there's two options for you folks there's bro country or there's country country girl i still want i still so want to follow it by saying ho country but it's not appropriate and it doesn't fit <laughs> it doesn't even fit it's not it, it would not work <laughs> and uh and i'm pretty sure i would be roped and branded by cowgirls across the nation that sounds pretty good to me anyway so you're saying you heard it luke, here ladies come brand seth that's right so you're saying luke bryan's gonna win album of the year i think miranda lambert all right okay female vocalist of the year do you still think luke bryan <laughs> Definitely, yeah, uh, no, uh, no. I'd actually, well, who, well, who are the nominees? The nominees are uh, Miranda Lambert again, uh, Casey Musgraves, Taylor Swift, Carrie Underwood, and Martina McBride. That one surprises me. I, I, I I'm well, old school of, with her. Yeah, I, like that. I haven't heard anything new from hers, of yeah. hers that yeah. I that I know of. I don't know. Well, she must have because she's out for it. But yeah. uh, that's I, I mean, I liked her back in the uh, early two thousands stuff when she was rocking it. Um, sure, but. I would say my pick got to be Casey Musgraves. She's she's the best. Her song "Follow Your Arrow" is absolutely awesome. It is good. Uh, and the whole album. Oh, um, what's the other one? Oh, brain, come on, thing. Her whole album's really good. Just go check out Casey Musgraves' whole album. It's so good. It's really, really good. She is fantastic. I I think that it, that is another safe guess. I do think so. I would be displeased if it's Martina or Taylor swift i could see it being so carrie we're back underwood. to hating taylor swift now <laughs> no, no, no 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 just from this grouping i can see it being carrie underwood uh because she is america's sweetheart right now as far as country music is concerned especially now that she's expecting her first kid come on we know some of these are political don't pretend that the awards no they certainly are political and she certainly could win it and that'll be another nail in the coffin for country music <sighs> just because she came from american idol does not mean she is the devil i'm sorry did you pronounce it american idol because it's actually called american false idols <laughs> all right well i'm gonna go ahead and say uh actually you know, i'm gonna stick with miranda on that one too i feel like it could go to carrie but i think it's gonna be miranda on that one too i would i would be okay if miranda Lambert won it casey uh, musgraves over merry go round is the name of the song i was trying to think of merry oh Round. that is a good good one. song that is a very good one casey um musgraves. that wasn't cassidy pope nope casey musgraves did merry go round all right so we've got male vocalist of the year uh, nominees on that one are Casey Dirk. Musgraves, <laughs> Derek Bentley, Eric Church, Luke Bryan, Blake Shelton, and Keith Urban. Who do you like there? Is it pronounced Derek's or Dierks or how do you I, say that guy's I, name? I've just always kind of heard it murmur. It's country music, so it's usually Dirks. Dirks, Dirks Bentley. Dirk, no Bentley. Dirks Bentley. <laughs> he's so good, I'm man of Dirks Bentley. You heard Luke Byrne? Luke Byrne, he's good too. Luke, Luke Dirk good. Benton, Luke, uh, Luke Eric, Byrne. Eric Chappell's a good Dirk, singer. Eric Church. Shoot. Oh, I'd go with Eric Church. You going to Eric Church on Eric this one? Eric Church, I like the man's vocals. He sings well. He sings about Springsteen at Eric Church. 
I'm going to say for male vocalist, it's either going to go, if this awards season, if this year is uh, is including drink a beer, I'm yep. going to go with Luke Bryan. If not, I would actually say Blake Shelton for uh, two reasons. One, he's put out some good songs, and two, I think he gets a little bit of the notoriety from being on The Voice that'll help. Blurk Shirton? Yes, Blurk Shirton. Blurk Shirton. <laughs> I love talking like this. I may never go back to talking normally. Blurk Shirton, he's awesome. I'm done. All right. Starting next week, I we're need gonna an be, accent. We're going to be holding auditions for a new co-host I for really final need hour. I need to just change my accent entirely <laughs> to to mumbling su- Texas Southerner. Shoot, man. Blurk, sir, blurk certain. All right. We got Entertainer of the Year because, you know, they just got to start making shit they up. They really now. start making them up, yeah. Entertainer of the Year. We've got Luke Bryan is there. Miranda Lambert is there. Blake Shelton is there. Keith Urban is there. And the 83rd nomination i'm assuming not just this category because that would make him old wow yeah (laughs) george Strait. george Strait. george Mm -hmm. Strait all the way george Strait, give it to him man it doesn't matter like if george crate if george Strait was (laughs) if george crate george kurt see i have trouble not talking like that george george kurt he deserves it because he's george kurt now george Strait is like a legend like that's like johnny cash right there like you can't not get like I don't care what he's nominated for. If it was best female vocalist and George Strait was nominated, <laughs> give it to him. Why not? He's George Strait. I I feel like that one's going to Luke Bryan. And I'm just looking off of what I imagine they're they're looking at for entertainer of the year. I can't see giving it to an old guy that's retired and hasn't really done anything spectacular in entertainment. Uh, I could uh, see him being I'm, a male sorry, vocalist. Did, did did you just say he hasn't done anything spectacular in entertainment? This year? You um, tell me what he's done this year. You, he's been George Strait. That's all he needs to be. <laughs> it's like Johnny. Like that's the, the difference between bro country and country country. Male country star or any country star really, because Reba totally did this. There, if you're a country star, it doesn't matter if you didn't put out an album. You just have an attitude. Like boom, you are a country. Like Johnny Cash was Johnny Cash twenty four seven. Lyric Burn goes home and is. <laughs> I'm assuming he probably flips his hat back around the other way and puts on some. League of Legends or something, and watch and <laughs> plays WoW, and like, which there's nothing not country about that, I guess. But, but my point is, I don't really think of Luke Byrne as anything more than Luke Byrne. Whereas, if I say George Strait, there's like, it's it's almost like an echo in here, like George Strait, 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 Strait. <laughs> I just say Lurk Byrne. He, so you can you can pick your George Strait, and here's the thing: you are probably going to be right because he retired. They're gonna give it to him, and and he already won Entertainer of the Year. Something else, some like the I don't know the ACMs or something. They like to take these letters and mix them around. They a lot. do until Luke Byrne is entertaining. He does not get to win Entertainer. But of the here's year. the thing: I, I just I can't see, I can't see any description of Entertainer of the Year that would include George Strait. Like whatever they're trying to explain that to be, I could see it going to somebody that does a flashy show like a Miranda Lambert or a Keith Urban. I think realistically of this group, it'll probably be Luke Bryan. I would say yes. If you want to give George Strait an award, put him in male vocalist because you are 100% right. I don't like bro country, and I think you're right. He is the difference between bro country and good country. Totally. But it's I liken it to, to, to throwing Alan Jackson in that category. If you've ever seen him live, he's the most boring performer in the world. I have not, but I, I can't picture it. I mean, he just has to show up and be Alan Jackson. Right, but that doesn't make him a good entertainer. It might make him a good vocalist or might make him a good songwriter, but not necessarily a good entertainer because you're Possibly. not entertained by the fact that you're seeing something. I think once you're a well. legend, you're just entertaining. That Okay, that's fair. All right, so anyway, so you say George Strait. I'm going to go Luke Bryan on that one. All right. Vocal group of the year. 
We've got Eli Young Band. Burp. Uh, <laughs> Lady Antebellum. Burp. Little Big Town. Burp. Burp. The Band Fairy. Burp. And Zach Brown Band. Burp. Burp. You have no pick. Burr. <laughs> I'm going to go with Burr. Burr is going to sweep that category. That's how much country music group has ceased to mean things to me. I'm sorry to all the Lady Antebellum fans. I've tried. I just cannot get into them. Yeah, I would say Eli what? Young Band. Yeah, I, I have not group. heard much of them, so I'll go with them. I think I've heard part of one of their songs, and I didn't hate it, so I'll go with them, too. Uh, where, what happened to Rascal Flats? Did they, like, retire early no, or actually, something? No, actually, they had a at least one, if not two. I think they had Rewind and, and Payback. They're like a repurposed boy band that accidentally became a country band, but I'm fine with them. I at least like some of their stuff. I wonder if they missed, maybe they missed the, uh, I don't know where the cutoff timeline is for what for this awards show, what mm. what span of time they're looking at for the nominees. Maybe they're going to be in next year or something. But the song Rewind has been out for a while. They sh- Yeah, they should be somewhere in here. I but think so. Oh, well. so. Okay, so we're going Eli Young Band together on that one. Sure. I will put this out there just so it's on record. I th- I, I do think Lady Annabellum's going to win it, but I I would pick Eli Young Band. Song of the Year. We got Automatic by Miranda Lambert. Follow Your Arrow by Casey Musgraves. Done. Give Me Back My Hometown by Eric Church. That was pretty good. It's all right. I Don't Dance by Lee Bryce. Sweet story as to why he wrote the song. The song itself is bleh. And uh, I Hold On by Dirks Bentley, which is kind of catchy in a ballady type way. Um, so you're you're going Follow Your Arrow? Yeah, well, I mean, personally, yes, uh, I'll go Follow My Arrow. But actually, I would say Miranda Lambert might win that, just that's popularly. But I hope it's Casey Musgraves for Follow Your Arrow, because that's a sensationally well-written song. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm i going to go with uh, Automatic Miranda Lambert. That's a, it's one of my favorite songs in a while. Uh, it, I think it deserves it, and I think you're right, it's going to win it, but... Music video of the year, Automatic by Miranda Lambert. Which Bart. which group of country artists stood out in a field and spun <laughs> and stared up the best is what that award is. Uh, and don't forget, uh, outstretch their arms. That's true, yeah, yeah. I'm going to hug the sky. I'm going to hug the sky in, in these field of wheat. Yeah. Uh, bartender by, so we got Automatic Miranda Lambert, Bartender by Lady Antebellum, Drunk on a Plane by Dirks Bentley, Follow Your Arrow by Casey Musgraves, and Something Bad by Miranda Lambert and Carrie Underwood. I'm going to go first on this one. All right. For entertaining videos, I, I have nothing to say because I haven't seen any of these videos except for Drunk on a Plane. That being said, the buzz that I remember following Something Bad by Miranda and Carrie, yeah. and some of the stories I've heard as far as uh, some of the ideas, I guess, I, uh, apparently, I, well, I'll have to watch it, but apparently it was a pretty epic music video, actually. It was more like a like a kind of a movie than anything else. Yeah. So I w- I'm going to say that that is going to win. I would say that you are probably correct based solely on the fact that it's been a while since anyone's seen Bathsheba, murderer of music, false idol of America, in a music video. Is that the title you're giving Carrie Underwood or the show she came from? I'm sorry, who are you talking about? I only know Bathsheba, goddess of music death, killer of all things beautiful. I mean, not all things beautiful. Most things. So you're picking something bad as well. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you know what? Uh, weirdly enough, uh, I actually did see, and don't ask me how this happened, I saw the bartender video mm. from Lady Annabellum. I think somebody is in it that I was like, I oh, bet there's a few people in there's it. There's a celebrity in it, actually, who oh. plays the bartender. I'm trying to remember who it was. It's actually like a comedian or something. It's really funny. I can't remember. Um, but I remember it being pretty amusing, so I'll go with Bartender by Lady Annabellum just to prove to Lady Annabellum fans I don't hate them as much as Bathsheba. 
Fair enough. The, this one's probably going to be a straight-up guess. We got Musician of the Year. All right. We got Sam Bush on Mandolin, Jerry Douglas on the Dobro, Paul Franklin on Steel Guitar, Dan Huff on Guitar, and Mac McAnally on Guitar. I'm going, I, I got to go with Mac McAnally because that's a, not a real name. I just want to preface everything I'm going to say right now by saying I wish I was a big enough country music fan that I knew all those guys because they sound, they're probably like the most talented guys actually. That w- out of everyone we've talked about, those guys probably practice musicianship the most. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. They're so. probably the most legit musicians on here, which is why there's, there, that's why we don't see a Dirks in Musician of the Year. Right. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to go with Dan Huff. Actually, I think I've heard of him. And so I'm going to go with Dan Huff. <laughs> I have. Actually, legitimately, I think I've seen Dan Huff's name on a couple things as a studio musician. And so I'm going to go Dan Huff for the guitar. New Artist of the Year. Ooh, uh, I always like this one. And, and given our discussion last, last episode about how irrelevant we are, let's see if we know any of these people. New Artist of the Year. We got Brandy Clark. Love her. No, I, I'm not being serious here. I absolutely... Uh, her song Stripes. If you've not heard Stripes, Mm-mm. go listen to it. It's one of the best country songs ever. She's very good. Brandy Clark. Her whole album was actually really good. The day she got divorced, another good song by her of her. So yeah, I do actually know her. So look at me. I'm all hey. young. Me and the kids. We're down with Brandy. Brett Eldridge. No clue. I've heard. I, I've heard some of his stuff. It's not bad. Kip Moore, Thomas Rhett, and Cole Swindell. I'm gonna go either Brett or Cole. No Kip. You know. Uh, Good name. I don't. I haven't heard a song he's no, done, but I like have, his name. You have. We've actually covered uh, "Beer Money" by him. Oh, is that Kip? That's him. The prob. The problem I have with Kip is a similar problem that I have with Florida Georgia Line. Only theirs is a lack of talent. His is uh, his sound vocally. Like "Beer Money," you know, he's got the "When the Lights Go Down." And it sounds awesome. It's got a nice, like, sure. kind of a gruff thing to it. Um, a little bit of '80s butt metal in his voice. There. A little bit, but then every other song he's put out. It's it, that is it's, it's kind of like Rod Stewart, which yes, if he has a long enough career, maybe he'll become iconic and that'll be his voice and his sound. Sure, but it is one of those where it's a little bit like oh, that gets really hard to listen to after a while. Wow, full album is a bit much for you there, Kipper. A little bit. Um, so I'm gonna say Brett Eldridge. Brett Eldridge, okay. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go with Brandy, obviously. Of course, of course. Me and, me and Brand Brand. And it's it's you know speak of the devil and you'll call him a uh, vocal duo of the year. We got Florida Georgia Line, Dan and Shay. Love and Theft, The Swan Brothers, and Thompson Square. I really, really hope... I've never heard of Love and Theft or The Swan Brothers. I hope that it goes to to, to Dan and Shay. I've, I've liked what I've heard from them, mm. even if it is a little bit 90s boy band sounding. Mm. But I just... I'm so done with Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> kind of done with them, too. That's why I'm picking Abbott and Costello. Nice. Okay. Yep. They are going to rise from the grave. And accept their award as zombies on the night of, and that will be the beginning of the zombie apocalypse, by the way. So for those of you trying to store water, I would get it in before November 7th, which nice. is what the CMAs are. So, yep, Abbott and Costello. And then we've got single of the year, which is interesting because we had song of the year, but here's single of the year. Sure. Automatic by Miranda Lambert. Mm-hmm. Drunk on a Plane by Dirks Bentley. Uh, one of Dirks Burst songs. Dirks Burst songs. Give Me Back My Hometown by Eric Church. Meanwhile, back at Mama's by Tim and Faith. That's Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. For Country Royals are out there. And Mine Would Be You by Blake Shelton. Uh, you go ahead and go on that one first. Um, you know what? I'm going to give it to Dirks. I like that song. That is a good one. Me and Dirks Burntley. We're down with Drunk on a Plane. So okay. that's it for me. 
I would be very happy to see Automatic win that as well because, like I said, it's one of my favorite songs of the year. It um, must be Miss Miss Mister Miranda just Lambert. Just because it's nominated a Mr. lot, Mister Lambert. It's nominated a lot. And I would you have to vote but, but for it every speaking, time. But speaking of Mister Lambert, that actually he is actually my what would I think could possibly do it is uh, Blake Shelton, uh, her husband. Mine would be you. Very very mm. very sad song. I did not know she was married to Blake Shelton. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Actually, he's talented. That is a good call. Yeah, yeah, and good for him. She's talented. Right. They that makes. Uh, why isn't she pregnant? I don't know. Yeah. What if they can't have kids and now they're listening to this crying? We'll get science on it, man. <laughs> Enough with Bathsheba having babies all the time. <laughs> She's having her first kid. Good for her. I'm sure it'll come out singing. Musical event of the year. We've got Bakersfield, Vince Gill, and Paul Franklin. Meanwhile, back at Mama's, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Something Bad by Miranda Lambert and Shiva. We Were Us by Keith Urban and Miranda Lambert. And You Can't Make Old Friends by Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. I th- I am Kenny, willing to bet. Kenny and Dolly. There you go. Kenny that, and Dolly. That's that, my vote. Come on. Vote. If you still love country music, CMAs, give it to Kenny and Dolly. Do it. I, I honestly, I do think, I'm going to go with you on that. I'm going to go with you on that. I'll be happy and, and not surprised if it is something bad. Because again, the buzz that came around those two it girls could be. But I, I, I think you're souls. right. I think you're right for something like this. And see, and this, if George Strait paired up with Garth Brooks or anybody and did a song, I could see it in here as an event, but not Entertainer of the Year. So yes, I, I will know. say, give it to the old folks on this one. I'd also say it could be Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. They're like I said, country royalty. They are country. Could royalty. happen to them too. But I, I want it to be Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. And let's be honest, listeners, so do you. <laughs> so w- is your vote Kenny and Dolly? Kenny and Dolly. Okay. All right. And, yes, yeah, so we have the same one on that. Cool beans. So we will find out when the uh, when the CMAs air. November 7th. I didn't mean we'll find out when they air. I mean, when they air, we'll find out how we did. Well, I should have let you finish that sentence. But <laughs> I because I wanted to get that fact out there as fast as possible so that people could already start programming their DVRs because... There's one thing I've learned about people that like comic book movies. It's that they absolutely adore the CMAs. <laughs> absolutely. They love it. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you this time. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We wanted to go back to uh, to just us for an episode and remind you how frustrating that can be to listen to for an hour. Yep. We do want to thank you for listening to Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. Again, I'm Seth. I'm Brian. And Bathsheba, the queen of death, reigns over us all. We'll catch you next time. Don't let me get you down. Don't let me beat you up. There's a chorus of opinions, but you know what you love. Don't let them tell you no. Don't let them talk that shit. The only thing they'll give you is reasons you should quit. Don't let them get you down. You just stand up tall.